0: Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 535 of the JV Club with my wonderful guest, Vicki Peterson. Vicki is a member of the iconic, amazing, and totally inspiring and influential band The Bangles. And it was such a joy and a pleasure to talk to her. I definitely fangirl out some and Vicki takes it all in stride. So I know you'll enjoy this episode. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope you're enjoying co october here at Maximum Fun. And, that you are celebrating the wonderful family of staff members and podcasts on the network and most of all celebrating yourself for making it all possible. And of course, I will talk to you next week. Until then, enjoy this episode with Vicki. I'm so glad we got to do this. I know we're taking, we're Take taking a breath. breath. Um,
1: where are you? Are you in LA? I'm, I I'm in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes we're yes, having yes, yes. a lovely rainy day, which you might hear in the background even, which is
0: nice. I asked because I felt like, yeah, I, f- I sort of felt like we were both in uh, semi-darkness and LA <laughs> is very gloomy right now. So uh, that's what caused me. Good. Oh, I wonder if, <laughs> yeah, it's. It's got a real June gloom. I also have, I'm looking at my window at our eucalyptus tree, which is in the process of shedding bark pieces yes. that are so high up that nothing can really be done about it unless you like call a crew, but they're very spooky and I'm feeling like maybe they'll stay in place for Halloween because right now they they Ooh. do, they sort of look like ghostly specters sort of dripping That's... off the tree in this like weird way. The
1: best. Uh, yeah, we have sycamore trees on our property too and it's just... They're so fun to watch change like the, that.
0: Yeah, they go through a lot of phases, but a lot of it ends up in just a lot of
1: mess at the bottom of the tree. True. <laughs> we suffer for their beauty.
0: <laughs> we suffer for their beauty. Thank you. That that puts it into a, a perspective that is much more pleasant than like, there's just so much trash. Trash, trash, trash. All just organic trash. trash That's not a good perspective. Not a good perspective. Um, are you a Halloween person? Do you kind of get into that?
1: Very much. Yes. In, yeah. Especially in Los Angeles, which is usually very dusty, although I know you all have had yeah. more of a wet year. Um, in yes. a few months, and I think we have even getting more rain we'll this weekend. It. I think, oh, it's, it's so great! Thank God. Yeah. But um, yeah, we do this thing where we just stop dusting around September twelfth, because uh-huh. <laughs> then we get instant cobwebs. Permission. Yeah, it's just you know, it's decorating. Uh, we call it decorating. That's very smart. That's Thank very you. smart. And do you,
0: are you you're in Brooklyn? Do you have are you in an environment in which trigger treaters treaters uh, can get to you, or is it less? like walk they
1: could it's not super walk what we normally do and uh we had the avenue like it's a block and a half away and uh and they open the shops and so kids usually do a trick-or-treating thing there that's great and they actually have this thing it's very cute called the ragamuffin parade where all the kids dress dress up and then they go trick-or-treating store to store oh yeah this is it's deadly adorable yeah
0: that it is deadly cute cute. (laughs) that's adorable we are at uh kind of an intersection of a few different streets that you know i live in the hills so it's just Mm -hmm. one of those like oh this is a not it's not a wheel that would make too much sense it's just sort of a here's a center part and then there's five streets that sort of go off of that and then disappear into god knows where um but it's a it's kind of a meeting point for families on this like organized halloween walk that Uh, happens where they they shut down some of the streets so that kids can actually walk and not get hit because we don't have sidewalks um so there's this, there's a sort of like focus point where a huge gang of kids and parents will kind of gather in front of our house and it's, oh, and, then, and then people, so, but then we started to feel the pressure of like, well, this is, people are taking like, oh, they run into neighbors and then they want to take pictures with their kids. So we felt like the pressure of wanting to have there be a good photo backdrop for Oh parents. yeah,
1: you have a responsibility now. Yeah. So we've, we've
0: we're deep, we're in super deep. And, uh, but it's really fun. It's really fun. But but then we spend so much time focusing on that, that it's one of those, like, the hour before the Halloween walk starts, we're like, what are we going to dress up as? So there's just a lot of slapdash. (laughs) Like, I found my old vampire teeth, but I guess I'll wear it with a leisure suit. I don't know. know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Seventies Vampire. Got it.
0: Seventies Vampire. I listen, we're in the era now where you can put vampire fangs on anything. Absolutely. And if it looks somewhat put together, someone will make an assumption that may or may not be the thing that you're actually going for. And that's really more fun anyway. <laughs> yeah. Where did you where did you grow up? Like where were you trick-or-treating as a kid if you were?
1: I grew up in Northridge, California. Oh, which sure. is uh yeah, the northern San Fernando Valley. Yeah. Very suburban, very much a neighborhood. Trick or treating was a big deal. And uh, yeah. yeah, from from the earliest memories, of course, we would be dressing up as a, here's an old word, a hobo. <laughs> uh huh. <No>, totally. <laughs> Which, my parents were from the 50s. Totally. We were hobos. Um, yeah. Or um, my dad, who's kind of a brilliant engineer, made a very elaborate halo for me one year out of. Cardboard that he spray painted gold, but it looked really good. And there was sort of a wire apparatus to hold it over yeah. over me, so it actually suspended over my head.
0: That's you wonderful. Know. Yeah,
1: so I remember. When that you one. say
0: he was a great engineer, do you mean he was an engineer, or he was a great engineer for things that fell outside of maybe what his profession was?
1: No, he actually was a systems engineer okay. for the aerospace <laughs> business, but that did translate gotcha. to things like you know coming up with giant chicken wire cone shaped Christmas trees. That we spent okay. the first four weeks before Christmas stuffing Kleenex into, oh. lit from lit from inside. It was the family tradition for. <laughs> it was so weird. Okay, so the, so the so family
0: tradition, yeah, the family tradition. <laughs> I just want to repeat this back. The family tradition was a chicken wire ch- Christmas tree full of Kleenex with lights that were kind of behind and under the Kleenex.
1: The the lights shone from underneath because of course he built okay. a, a wooden base. With a lamp okay. inside. Is probably, oh, got it. So
0: underneath, literally, like yes, the lit base of it inside. is lighting up, yes. which is very cool. It was
1: actually quite lovely. Um, and it, I mean, it was, you know, it was a 12 foot tree. This wasn't, this oh, was wow. impressive.
0: Um, yeah.
1: and very modern looking, I think, um, f- from, I guess, a 50s perspective again, <laughs> or early 60s. Houses of the future. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. It would have looked great in something like that. Um, and it was just, it was, but it was a family project to put the tree together. I love that. You know, so, and, and the more fun for me as a kid was to take it apart. Cause then you just did like, we were grabbing handfuls of, so wasteful, right? We didn't recycle oh, no. this paper. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> at
0: least it could have been used Kleenex that you were putting it was into not, the tree. No,
1: it was, it was completely environmentally irresponsible. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but having a living room full of Kleenex at the end of the holiday was, was a payoff. <laughs> I'm oh, sure. You know
0: the, It's... It's snow. It's the closest thing to snow you're getting in Northridge, so. Yeah,
1: for, for a Californian, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sad.
0: I love that, though, because, you know, th- that's sort of the dream for those of us who don't necessarily, who didn't necessarily have parents who were as handy as that mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you know, I mean, again, I'm surrounded by, you know, like, Pro, like production designer parents who oh, wow. you know you see these kids show up that where you're like oh <sighs> my that's just looks like an actual robot how are you how have you you know and so <laughs> right. like having a parent that that has the enthusiasm like has a quote-unquote grown-up job which I'm separating out from being a production designer <laughs> exactly. even though that's a super stressful real grown-up job right. but <sighs> where that also spills over into fatherdom in a way that's like look, I can take these, like, incredible skills that I have doing this thing that is, like, probably sort of uh, n- not understandable to a child brain on right. some sort of level if I'm an aerospace engineer. But dad's taking these skills and creating this kind of wonderland for you on some level is, exactly. like, that's kind of a dream. I love no, that.
1: It is. It was really great. I mean, there are a lot of things. Of course, we did have a um, a family – a. a T- uh, sibling re- revolt when i was 10 because okay. i wanted a live tree in my i wanted i wanted a tree a real tree yeah that smelled yeah it. and yep. um so when i was about 10 we had a, a bit of a revolt and we got a live tree and that was the end okay of the, that was the end oh of the
0: that process. was oh the revolt was yeah, like the re- changing the of the guard now we're gonna do was, live
1: trees the revolution was was successful absolutely okay
0: how uh, were there tears shed by your dad?
1: <laughs> no, I think he might have even been quite ready. <laughs> yeah, ready to stop at that point. Um, and my brother, God bless him, has carried on this tradition, and he has actually built in his family's living room oh! the Peterson tree. Yes.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. I'll see if I can
1: find a picture of it for you.
0: (laughs) Oh, that would be extremely satisfying. Are there ornaments being hung on the chicken wire? Yes,
1: there are. So there are ornaments. But of course, my mother, who had a very sort of elegant aesthetic, um, wanted everything to look very coordinated. So the only ornaments that were allowed on this tree Uh were gold balls that were sort of silk wrapped. So they were very elegant. Got and it. that's what that's all we got there was no okay tinsel there was no garland, it was just it looked good it just for a kid yeah. it's kind of like wah, 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 you know well for <laughs> sure because i'm
0: sure you're going over to your friend's houses and they're like hanging a little candy cane on there and then next to that is a little toy drum and then next yeah. to that is like yeah i get it yeah
1: we always want what we can't have. which is the tree we have now it's grown-ups <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, yes the, yes, the yes. tree we put up in our house is definitely that tree and it has a, a vintage 1940s star at the top that that my husband, John, has searched high and low on Aww. the internet to, to replicate the star that was on his childhood trees. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Those things, I mean, it, that really is, I think when I was younger, you know, I sort of, like poo-pooed and I think that's part of a rite of passage, but you sort of poo-poo people older than you feeling that nostalgia. I remember being like so like scoffing at the concept of nostalgia. Like, Mm. oh come on. Like don't live in the past. Yeah. And at the same time that I was doing that, I was also like really drawn to I think people who were super nostalgic like I that the, the irony is that I was like oh nostalgia so stupid let me just read this Ray Bradbury book yeah exactly where he's like yeah. completely <laughs> you know completely obsessed with the 1950s and 40s and like right. the magic that he remembers from that so there's nothing consistent about my added my bad attitude as a typical, teenager but typical teenager
1: but I typical, had a, I had a real um reverence to the very few ornaments that we inherited from my grandmother and my mother's grandmother so we had sure. one and I still have this one bell I have a one uh, metal bell uh, that yeah. I got from my great-grandmother and I just I always loved that it was a, to yeah. me that was sort of romantic but of course we didn't get to put those on the trees until we had real trees and then the real ornaments right. came out
0: <laughs> yeah I was gonna say what happens to it in the in that period in between is yeah. it like going is it's not hanging on like a little no it's in a like, box oh we had the look uh, okay, all right <laughs> <laughs> Your mom was very, yeah, she had strong feelings. Now, when you say you, it was a sibling rebellion, how many siblings are we talking about?
1: There were four children
0: altogether. Okay. so All right. I Where do you sit- fall in that? Yeah.
1: I'm the second oldest. I had an older okay. sister, a younger sister, and a baby brother. And he's the one who has okay. carried, carried on the Kleenex tree tradition. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> God bless him.
0: Do you guys call it the Kleenex tree? Yes, it's a Kleenex tree. <laughs> okay, good. Okay great. <laughs> okay, great. Great, great, great. great. Yeah. I I guess uh, the the cat's out of the bag. I will have talked about this in the intro um, already. And everyone knows uh, who you are as it is. But you are a musician. I am. Uh, Were was that something that was cultivated in your family? Was that something that you sort of pursued on your own? How how what was music like in your household as you were becoming a teenager?
1: Yeah, as a performer or budding musician, I was on my own in the teenage years. However, I was surrounded by music because my older sister, God bless her, she had the record collection of the gods. I mean, she spent yeah. every cent she got from babysitting or whatever she did on, on vinyl. And so she yeah. had a 45 collection that was just great. And uh, so, and of course, I stole all her records. And and, uh, and um, our, our dad, the engineer of the Kleenex tree, was a a music aficionado and he listened to everything from jazz to uh top 40 radio at the time which was you know was king in our household and uh and uh and classical you know when he wanted to chill out he put on his state-of-the-art headphones because of course he was an audiophile as well and uh, of course and uh and kind of just relaxed and listened to classical music so it was just always um sort of a a, it was a it was a touchstone in in the house it was constantly playing we were working outside and we were a family who did chores on the weekends um yeah but we had the radio with us all the time and so yeah. top 40 radio was the soundtrack and to my mother god bless her uh she liked she liked music but she was sort of like do we have to have the beatles 24 7 do we have to do this <laughs> do i have to listen to this all day all night uh, yeah. Yes, you do. Um, uh-huh. but, but then, <laughs> you yeah. You So I was the first one to really pick up an instrument. Um, my dad had sort of I experimented. I'll say, like, we're talking about drugs. He experimented uh-huh. with, um, with, uh, uh, guitar. And I think his, his dad taught him some ukulele chords. So, sure. you know, it was that sort of very, very casual exposure as far as instruments went. And we did get a piano at some point in, in my childhood, which is great. So I started messing around with that. Um, yeah. Took lessons for about six months, and then um, it was like, yeah, I just want to play by ear. Yeah, I always want to make stuff up on my own. So that was kind yeah, of, for sure. I, yeah, I was a very undisciplined student when it came to music. I talked to my parents into getting me an electric guitar in the fourth grade. It came along. Fourth with, grade, yeah, wow. I was nine. Good for you. Yeah, it was a bit of a campaign, and and it was sort of tied in with the local music store. They were trying to sell music lessons, and so it was sort of packaged with this uh Rickenbacker copy guitar called an electro which uh-huh. was okay but the cool thing about it was that the cu- guitar case and the small amp that came with it looked just like the Beatles so it was a le- it was a yeah. legit Rickenbacker amp and a legit Rickenbacker guitar case just a copy guitar but but it was good enough for me i was good that's good
0: packaging yeah, but yeah, also smart. like i mean you you how many girls if i may were nine years old going, give me that electric guitar. I don't know. Like that feels
1: unusual. I knew one and that was my best friend at the time, Angela. And she and I came together on this campaign that we're going to do this. And uh, I think she lasted about, I don't, I actually don't remember how long we actually lasted taking the quote unquote lessons, but I kept my (laughs) guitar. I don't think she kept hers. I'm going to have to ask her. I'm still in touch with her. She's still a lovely friend of mine. So yeah, I have to ask her. She still has her guitar. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it just didn't, it never occurred to me. And this is sort of a thread and maybe it's key to success, blissful ignorance. It never occurred to me that it was something that was unusual or that I shouldn't do. Yeah. It just didn't.
0: That's wonderful. Were the Beatles uh, your, I mean, amongst other things, were the Beatles kind of the the big, the biggest influence and the biggest
1: inspiration at the time? Yeah, they really were. And again, inspired by my older sister because she was, she was, closer to the demographic age that made sense to be in love with the Beatles. I was very young for that, but I just I just jumped on that train real hard and loved them. And it wasn't I mean, it was the music was of course, undeniably great. Um, but it was also their. Their personality and their what we would in the 21st century called their branding um, uh-huh. meaning that they were and it was because it was I think it was absolutely true that they were friends and they were friends first, they came together yeah. as pals. And um, and so they were a a unit, they were a group that and that really uh, that drew me to them that that sort of um, that structure that approach to making music. And so that's why I think I always started seeking out partners, even, you know, after I went through a brief. You know, I'm Carol King. I'm Joni Mitchell. Phase, but then, yes, of course, as we as we as we must do.
0: As we must. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, Bonnie, was, Ray, I definitely I, you know. did. Yeah, absolutely. No, but I mean, again, like, I'm, I, not to put, you know, I'm not going to like dr- drill down too deep into this because I think you're right. It's like it's it's a, if it's as simple as you loved what you saw, you loved the music, and you felt inspired to be that. Again, I just I just love that because I think. You know this if if you had to put a face on the messaging of what the Beatles branding was, for as many of us understand it when we when we look at footage and when we enjoy the music, but we we understand Beatlemania. We understand the idea that it was like very hetero in terms of like what the media is showing. It's like very heteronormative. Totally normal for the time, very, very, very and continues to be. But like mm-hmm. you know, ve- but and very like girls screaming and crying and having this you know very emotional response mm-hmm. and enthusiastic response, which also makes total sense and which also continues to happen with boy bands. Absolutely. Um, which I think I was sort of in denial, about about like I was like, ah, you know, this is like maybe ten years ago. But I was like, oh, this is. You know, I don't know that I don't know that people are like screaming and crying anymore. That feels like maybe it was like a time in history where, you know, Television was like it just was a bigger deal to be a celebrity. Like I thought all of that, and then I was staying at a hotel in New York where one of the boy bands—I can't remember what it, who it, is. it was probably like BTS or something. something. Degrees, yeah. yeah. It yeah. wasn't even BTS. It was oh, like 96 down, but degrees. It was okay, ninety-six <laughs> degrees, yeah, something like that. And I and I did not know why there was like you know caution tape and a bunch of young women. And then I saw someone get out of a car and go in and they were all sobbing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that was a lot of hubris on my part to just go. think like, oh, yeah, I think we've got it together now. That yeah, we're above you know. all I'm <laughs> like, no, there was, everyone was having the exact – I might as well have been looking at Beatles footage, you know? Absolutely. Um, but that you were like – no, I want to be that. Yes, like I want to. I want to have the experience of being inside of that story instead of being on the outside looking, looking in and in. sort of enjoying the fairytaleness of being a fan. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not that you couldn't do both. No, but...
1: and you can do both. And I think, I, and I think you would ask any musician, in, including the boy bands, that um, that they were fans too. You know that, yes. they, that it has to start there. But yes, yeah, I, I was more interested in being the guy on stage than the girl in the audience. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just kind of, although, you know, absolutely huge fan, whatever. I never saw the Beatles perform live. Um, you know, I never saw a lot of my quote unquote heroes perform live. It just didn't, I, I don't, I, you know, I was too young to see the Beatles, but, but um, right. you know, but there are a lot of people later in my life who I just never, I did see George Harrison and I did see Paul McCartney. So there you go. Nice, and And I've met Paul. Um, which is great, but um, very uh, cool, very cool, extremely cool. But again, and when I met him, I wasn't, I didn't fan out because it was on a very much of a, a it wasn't that environment. It was a, you know, at at the uh, Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts, and I was there to represent the Bengals because we were being made companions, kind of like having an honorary degree, that sort of thing. And Paul was there because he founded co-founded the the institution, so it was sort of like on a different level of meeting somebody
0: no but that's the again i hate to like just keep i'm not i mean i'm not trying to like you know gild your youth in any way shape or form that 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 makes it unrealistic but i i love first of all i just want to say quickly as an only child the 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 sort of trope of like the older sibling who has mm. the amazing record collection mm-hmm. is also the dream it's like if i'm going to have an older sibling the idea of them having the best music is just like i Absolutely. love that so much um and then also yeah this idea of you know like it just feels it feels so lovely to be a fan of someone and then get to meet them on a, on terms that make sense for both of you that, you know, feel more peer oriented than like, I'm a, f- I'm a person who loves you like every other person yeah, loves yeah. you and, yeah, exactly. you know, and that's fine and good, but how cool to be able to, you know, have a conversation that's a little bit more nuanced than yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it
1: was, it was pretty fantastic. I mean, I, I if you had told, you know, 15 year old me that that was going to happen, I'd be I don't know, maybe I had enough hubris to go, well of course it will. Um yeah. <laughs> the other half the other half of me would be losing it completely. You right. Know.
0: <laughs> I would love to hear about your uh your Carol King uh Joni Mitchell face. Mm. If is that where because that also feels very sort of like going into I mean, were you rolling into your teenage years, like writing you know, f- touchy-feely music, and by the way, I worship both of those women, As so I'm not, you know, yeah. minimizing it at all. But. Well,
1: yeah, and and um, I I probably, even though I I won't say I was a, a, a super deep diver fan of of Johnny Mitchell's, I have a couple of albums of hers that i worshipped completely. Um yeah. but her style of songwriting in in the sort of more confessional lyrics, the very personal connection with the music, and the way she approached guitar, which was extremely unorthodox. I mean, there were, you know, there's famous stories of, you know, boy musicians. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, male musicians looking at her and going, how is she doing that? Because she just didn't approach it in a conventional way. And, yeah. um, that I loved. I just, I, that inspired me. Carol King was another thing because I realized somewhere it took me a little while to realize, um, she was a, commercial songwriter i mean her job as a very young teenager even was i'm gonna write a hit i'm gonna write a hit i don't yeah. care who it's for i'm gonna write a hit song and i'll write a hit song yeah. today and tomorrow i'm gonna write another hit song um yeah i wish i'd absorbed a little more of that kind of training because that i just yeah i don't know why i never got into that thing of like okay what makes a hit song what what can i do to create something that is going to Work in this moment in the zeitgeist and it's going to connect yes. people and I'm going to make a million dollars. It just yeah. it never, it was never a commercial, um, endeavor for me. Yeah. We, much to my business manager's consternation. Uh-huh. But, um, it <laughs> <laughs> um, just, I, so I, yeah. So that's where both of those kind of, uh, would, would lie on opposite sides of, of the spectrum. But, but I, just admired both those women so much. And then when I got into high school and I started reading Guitar Player Magazine and the only woman you ever saw for the most part was Bonnie Raitt. Um, yeah. there were a few other great female guitarists, but I just really remember Bonnie and cause she was a slide player and a blues player. And that was really outside of, of my, you know, venue at that moment. But I just thought she was insanely and great. Just, yeah. just, Oh, so great. Um, it, I, I still, to this day, I mean, I've played a little slide guitar on records, but it's only because it's on a record. <laughs> I guess I played it live uh-huh. too, but it, I I suck. So um, <laughs> it's Have you I met Bonnie? Really, I have not. No. That
0: feels like oh, my God. it needs yes. to happen. And I, feels I, like, I yeah, think so it too. Seemed possible <laughs> it, it, it seemed could, impossible yeah, that it could have. It seemed possible for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. She she played at a uh, jazz jazz fest in New Orleans, and I was living in New Orleans, but it's right after I moved, so I wasn't there that year. Damn it.
0: Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, I just saw I went to a show. um, I was in Santa Fe and went to a show at the uh, uh, like a show at the Santa Fe Opera, um, which is this beautiful outdoor, Mm. um, which is amazing because it's sort of, you know, it's 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 outfitted to be an opera venue. But it's also outside in this sort of Red Roxy kind of feel. Um, So it's very special. And like two nights after we were leaving. Bonnie Raitt was going to play there. And I was Ah, like, oh, this would be such a perfect place to see her play. Yeah.
1: I did see her. I did see her play in concert in the 70s, but I didn't ever get to meet her. So
0: when you're in high school, what is your high school like? Are you going to a a public school? Are you going to a private school? What's happening in Northridge?
1: Yes. The answer is yes. I went to uh, my first year of high school, um, which (gasps) in that configuration was ninth grade, um, was a Catholic school. Um, and cause I had done all my ele- uh, elementary years at a Catholic school in Northridge, gotcha. So, and again, followed my older sister to the high school. She was going cause I got to, it was just easier to catch a ride with her. Um, yeah. and then my family moved to another area, um, an area called the South Bay, um, not of, not San Francisco, South Bay, but, but near the, um, Palos Verdes Peninsula, that area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So beautiful to, down there Yeah, it's, the it's be-
0: beaches yeah, yeah the beaches i've are done gorgeous. some tide pooling and oh yeah here, absolutely so that's my like association with it
1: that's a good thing to do there absolutely yeah, yeah. so that was a real shift for me it was a giant shift we moved from a house you know sort of a ranch house in the valley to a condominium so it was a, it was a big shift for the family um and shift for me was first time going to public school since kindergarten so mm. um it was it was a bit of an adjustment but I actually loved it. <laughs> um I made a really good really good friends um within the first month of school and nice. a, a people who are, you know, lifetime friends to this day. And um, great. and kind of integrated quickly. And it's where I met um, you know, the woman who became the bass player of the band I founded in high school and and uh um so it was it was a funny thing cuz I just I I was involved in school. I was a decent student, although I didn't, I wasn't super focused on academics, but I got good grades. Um, I was in the magical group, which was a, um, acapella singing group of, uh, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Actually we had, it was four part harmony. Um, we got to get out of class to go, you know, sing at (laughs) malls at Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, and I was introduced to some just beautiful choral works. Um, and to this day, it's one of my, just one of my favorite sounds. And, uh, and and just a love. I mean, I would, I would join a choir again because of that experience. It was really wonderful. And then I was also a cheerleader. So, you know, I had these, these things going on that sort of I was, deep into the school. But in a weird way, I had more of an emotional connection to my old school and my old friends. So, Mm. so it was, it was, it was kind of a strangely, um, um, disconnected time in a lot of ways. But, um, but again, I came out of that experience with, with my best friend, Amanda, who, you know, to this day is my, you know, she's my bestie. And, uh, um, and we we written together, and she was she plays bass with the Bengals sometimes. Um, oh, yeah,
0: that's so great. Well, that is such a and and you know that's sort of the cliche about the Los Angeles area is that you know people you're like well I'm not moving out of the L.A. area, but the difference between Northridge and oh. Rancho Palos Verdes is yeah. like you you
1: move you moved away. Yeah, I, oh yeah, completely.
0: Like, did you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't. I I, I imagine that it didn't feel like you were as cl- close, which isn't even that close, but as close as you were compared to someone who's like, well, it's not like you moved to Wisconsin. It kind of you is. You know what I mean? But like, it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of is. Yeah. Especially in that point in your life. And, you know, when like as a teenager, for so many of us, our, our lives really are, for the most part, what's right around us. Mm-hmm. Um. But then you have this, like you know, this connection to people that you grew up with and that you loved, and that's hard. That's a hard time to move.
1: It, it is a hard time to move, and it's um, and and you don't have mobility or, or, or freedom unless um, until you're lucky enough to have a driver's license in your car. You know, I yeah. had a driver's license but no access to a car for a long time. Right. And yeah. Um. And so my my dear friends from elementary school, I I definitely fell outside of their circle. They all went to high school together. Some of them went to college sure. together. Um, I'm still in touch with a lot of them. And it's kind of a fantastic circle of, of women. Um, and two of them are still very, very close friends of mine. Um, you know, and, and we're kind of spread all over the country now. Um, but, that. you know, it's really, it's it's important. Those kinds of, ooh, those those friendship threads that that weave through your whole life. I mean, there's nothing more precious than that. In a lot of yeah. ways. I mean, those are the relationships we've chosen.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah. as
1: one of my friends um, put it uh, just a few years ago, she said, we knew each other before boyfriends, before jobs, before, you know, professional lives. Um, and we knew yeah. our most essential selves. And I think that's really true. I mean, they know me probably better than anyone. And, you know, some of them I haven't seen in a long time. And some of them I only talk to three times a year. So,
0: yeah. No, but you're right. And those those touch points are it's also like a great way of checking in with yourself, because I think, you know, I think there are people who find through their course in life that they, you know, people talk about like sort of falling back into the personality or character of like, this is who I am in my family. Mm -hmm. But it's actually very different than who I am in my work or whatever. And I I think from at least for me personally, knowing that my friends who knew me when I was a child are like, yep, that's still Janet. Like that's that's very comforting to me. It's a, it's a touch point to be like, oh, I'm not an asshole. Like I didn't yeah. become, you know, <laughs> or oh, I was always an asshole yeah. and I like assholes. But either way, like I'm not betraying some core part of myself in favor of something else that's like, you know, more commercial or more right, you know, right. uh, different like value than than like my true person right
1: you haven't recreated yourself to a huge degree
0: yeah exactly and just to and i want to get into this um mash game that i can't remember if i warned you we would play or not but um um but i think that is like uh, this consistency of hearing about again you know you started playing it sounds like you started uh your band in high school Mm -hmm. was that all women or was that a mix
1: at that time um it started out all women has turned out, which is my my friend Amanda and me. Um, yeah, we were going to be Simon and Garfunkel, and then we decided, right. hmm, maybe we need a bass player. Okay, um, and so, uh, and then we brought in another girlfriend. And then, you know how this happens: one of us gets a boyfriend, and it was uh-huh. me, and it was me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn <laughs> it! what else <laughs> blows yeah. everything up. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden, <laughs> now the boyfriend's got to be in the band. Um, <laughs> yes, and and we yes. had a hard time finding. A female drummer actually and we really did yeah. actually want to be all women um because that just seemed more fun like a gang you yeah. know that seemed the most fun um and we we had so we had a, a boy drummer for a while finally kicked him out pretty fast um we auditioned a couple of girls but never really found someone and it really wasn't until amanda brilliantly said well what about debbie Debbie's my sister. She's my little sister. To me, she's my little oh, sister.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm like, Debbie, what? Uh, she's always <laughs> kind of hanging around, yeah. Uh, I mean, she plays really good air guitar. Um, yeah. she, and I realized that she's, you know, when we're listening to music together, she was always whatever instrument she chose that moment. She plays really good air bass. She played really good air drums. Uh-huh. We're kind of like, wait a second. <laughs> I love that. Hang on a second. And so we literally went to um, a rehearsal space. We had, we we were friends with these guys who were in a band who played a lot of um, what then was, was known as casuals in, in that they played a lot of high school dances. They played a lot of sure. you know, community centers. They were good. They were actually good.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: We, we were not. Um, but, we, <laughs> but for whatever reason, they thought we were cute. So we, uh, we hung around Cause these probably, guys. Probably because you were really cute. Well, we were cute. What are you going to do? Uh-huh. We were cute. Um, we tried. And... Um, so we went to their rehearsal space and sat Debbie at a drum kit and their drummer kind of got behind her and said, like, yeah, hey, go like this. Okay, do do, ch- do, do ch-. and she goes, Yeah, do, do, ch- do, do ch-. and he goes, Okay, cool. Now go like this. do-do-ch, do, 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 ch- do, And so everything she, he did, she echoed immediately. And then we said, Well, let's try a song. We played a song with her. She had never played drums before in her life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, we played um, we played Heat Wave the old 60s song, Heat Wave. Yeah, yeah, and, sure. Um, yeah, and she nailed it. And so on our drive back, Amanda and I were like, well, she is in the band, you know, and... and How about that? And yeah. the boyfriend says, well, let's let her practice for about six months and then we'll see. And I said, yeah, you're out. She's in. <laughs> 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 so that's kind of what happened.
0: <laughs> that's so cool. I mean, that, yeah, I... The, 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 I obviously, I knew a, some of that just from, you know, you Motel, uh yeah. being in the bagels um but but the idea of like sort of a a, a long-term accidental audition mm-hmm. process just through air instruments absolutely is the most adorable <laughs> thing i've ever heard like she does have good air base, she, and really good air base. <laughs> but that's i mean even just like especially with percussion i think my dad's a drummer mm-hmm. and um I very much inherited whether you don't know like at a certain point you're like I don't know if this is genetic or if this is behavioral or or both but that is a man who again had aw- has awesome taste in music and but is just cannot not tap on something yeah. when music is playing like it's just going to yeah. happen right. and that I fully inherited that like I'm sure oh, it's very irritating but you know that's just but I ended up ta- you know doing guitar and bass but I got. kind of wish that I had play the drums it's but not that too was late. like it's not too it's, late I guess it's I guess it's not, too late. <laughs> it's not too late I say with a dislocated pinky I know make, I was just gonna uh, ask some you about bongoing, <laughs> kind of hard Ugh, yeah no bongos for you pinky oh man um you can still hold the stick but, I think <laughs> yeah but I, I don't know for me I mean I think that's something that 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 is I, I to me that's something that I admire in part because coming like I ended up sort of in terms of like performing Um, I sort of walked away from music stuff that was just for fun in San Francisco when I lived there and ended up getting roped into sketch comedy and improv Mm. and stuff. But that is another place in which it's sort of accidentally or purposefully male dominated. And so it's much more likely to be, especially in, you know, the early aughts, to be the girl in a group of guys um, yeah. the state being maybe the most funny example of that. All of those are guys I know, but like Carrie Kinney, you know, it's yeah. not just I was I was the one girl in a group of four, and then she's like the one girl in a group of like ten, oh, which God. feels like well, if you want the you want a picture of what comedy looks like, Th- that's <laughs> this is kind sort of it, of it right? you know. Wow. But uh, but and so I think for me, just hearing about you talking about this, you know, feeling pulled to create this environment in which it is like talented women having fun together and doing this thing i've just i'm just such an admirer of that and yeah. i think that was something that you know n- a few years after you were done being a teenager, people still talked about with the Mangles, mm-hmm. which was, Absolutely. you know, this is not a, this is not the girl band version of a boy band. This is not no. an assemblage of cute girls no. who kind of aren't musicians, but you can see the Hollywood machine behind it. It's like, right. no, these are fucking great musicians. Yeah. like, and, and that that's possible. And I think, I'm sure you've spent your career hearing women say, thank you for, showing me that this is like badass and Mm. super fun and Mm -hmm. you guys seem like you're having a great time all the stuff that you described about seeing in the Beatles yeah I think I I certainly saw as you know a girl who wanted to be cool and loved music and you know I just think that's I think that's a huge legacy
1: yeah I love I love hearing from you know young women girls even who just say you know that that they picked up a guitar because of me or or you know or they start playing drums because of us and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, it really was a th- a through line that that moment we had Debbie and it was Amanda and Debbie and I um we never that that became the trio. It was it was the three of us and we went on to play clubs in, in Hollywood and Santa Monica and all over, you know, uh, Southern California as as a trio and we finally got another guitar player. We really wanted a woman when we, you know, chose that guitar sure. player. You know, and then then when that those two, when Amanda and, and Lynn both uh, left the band for various reasons, um, that's when Debbie and I met Susanna. But at that point, it was still um, it was just very much the it, it was the desire to keep it in that way because of the feeling of because we had played with males before and and know how that changes the dynamic. You know, for some people, that works great. Totally get it. Yeah. And yes, just, it really, you know. You do what you do. What works for you, whatever it is, it's going to be right. You know, you do the best that you can possibly get. But we wanted, I wanted that feeling of of you know a, a gang, <laughs> and and a girl I gang. Love that. And it was just, uh, yeah. And it was it was just, um, and that that's what it became from you know the trio, you know to then becoming the Bangs, which was our first yeah. iteration.
0: Yeah. That's just great. That just, I just, again, that's just great. Again, because the, the professions of some of the more commercial arts, if you want to think of it that way, like, you know, being on TV in any form, there's just a lot of, again, there's a lot of like external sort of like, I guess women are pretty competitive with each other, huh? <laughs> like there's a so? sort of, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Again, where... Like, you probably want to be the only woman in this thing because right. then you're kind of the center. You're of are special. I, all you're of that. It's just the <laughs> fact that that's just like tossed <laughs> aside and that, right. you know, uh, I, uh, that, that the Bengals as being to me one of the, you know, preeminent examples of that not being the case. It right. just I just it just it's a great. It's yeah. just great. I'm, I'll stop cooing Thanks. over you but um, <laughs> because oh, I know that this is like I'm sure the theme of many conversations you have. but it remains true. It absolutely remains true. Um, and now that I'm old enough and have done just enough stuff that I have young women saying things to me about mm-hmm. things that they, you know, saw I, there is no substitute for that. There is right? nothing better than feeling like, you know, there's something that you did that that is making the next generation excited to be female inspired. and tough and strong and funny and great and warm and doing whatever, you know, Absolutely. it's just the best. It's the best. Oh, Oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun.
1: I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin.
0: And together we are The Flophouse, a long-running podcast on the Maximum Fun Network where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it.
1: And because we're so long-running, maybe you haven't given us a chance. I get it, but you don't actually have to know anything about previous episodes to enjoy us, and I promise you that if you find our voices irritating, we grow endearing over time. Perhaps you listened to one of our old episodes and decided that we were dumb and immature. Well, we've been doing this a while now. We have become smarter and more mature, and generally nicer to Dan. But we are only human, so no promises. Find the Flophouse on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Co-Optober continues in celebration of National Co-Op Month. I'm Palmer Muniz, producer and a worker-owner at MaxFun. I'm Mrs. Ambrosio, producer, and I'm also a worker-owner at MaxFun. This week is all about community. Of course, we couldn't be a co-op without the MaxFun community, and we love it whenever members of our audience get together. So we're having another Fun meetup this Thursday, October 12th. And next week, we'll be hosting a panel discussion with other worker owners across the co-op community. And we are still selling our limited edition Launch Crew merch available to all MaxFun members. But only through the end of the month. For more info on Meetup Day and everything Co-Optober, head to MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O. O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Have a great week.
0: I'm going to play this MASH game with you. I don't know if you've ever played MASH. It stands for mansion, apartment, shack, and house. Um, (laughs) It remains a game that people play. Uh, I would say there's probably a good mix of of genders who play this. But um, when I was a kid, it was... Probably more a thing that girls play. There was just a lot of like. uh, And so, what it is, is I'm going to be creating this alternate universe life for you. Right. And there's going to be a lot of uh, fantasy come alive that's going to be going on here. And so all you have to do is just give me three off-the-cuff answers, knowing that those could change tomorrow because it's the way that you're feeling right now. So, okay. for example, maybe some things will are, are, are things you've thought about before and you're like, oh, I know the answer to this. And some of it is like, I don't know, today I feel like this. But I'll, I'll start with this as an example. So three musicians or bands it could be a solo could be one, one person could be a band that um that you would love to collaborate with if time were not an element like you can play with the Beatles you can mm-hmm. collaborate with Bob Dylan you can work with you know anybody um three people that you would love to collaborate with
1: okay um George Harrison Katie Tunstall. Um, Elvis Costello.
0: Okay, perfect. All right. Next one is three places in the world, uh, whether you've been there or not, that you love the idea of having another home. Mm. And we can sort of teleport you there so you don't have to worry about like flight time
1: and all that stuff. Okay, great. Upstate New York. Great. Tuscany. Oh, yeah, great. And um, somewhere in Sweden.
0: Will you spend any time there in the winter?
1: Hell yeah. It's just
0: dark all the time. (laughs) Okay, great. I have. <laughs> These are the questions. These are the questions. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Next category, three foods that in this reality that we live in right now, you can't have a ton of. Now, that could be because you're allergic to it. It mm. could be because you uh, feel ecologically conflicted about it. It could be because, uh, you know, it's just a lot of sugar. And at some point, you start feeling like maybe you're going to die because it's too much sugar. In this alternate reality... All of those things are lifted off the table. Everything oh. is safe. Everything is fine. And you can have it. And it could also be something that you had once a long time ago. And you're like, I've never been able to find that that beautiful, you know, sandwich that I had that one time at blah, blah, blah. So three things I'm giving you access to at the snap of your fingers in perpetuity with zero ramifications.
1: Coffee chip gelato. In, Ooh. In, um, yes. It has to be in... Uh, Florence, Italy. Um, Great. <laughs> my s- sister-in-law's carrot cake. Wonderful. She makes it like a eight-layer carrot cake that's insane. And a smart pop. Amazing. Okay, great.
0: Yeah, I could definitely just Uh, gobs. 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 Yes. Okay, all due respect to your wonderful husband. All due respect. (laughs) MASH always involves some romance. Got it. So I'm not committing to this person for life, but in this reality, Mm -hmm. you get to have some romance or sexy times with this person. It can be a character from a book. It can Mm -hmm. be a cartoon. It can be, you know, Paul Newman, ex-era of his life. Mm -hmm. Um, Three gents or ladies or animals or (laughs) whatever you want okay you'd be surprised at how many people say the fox from robin disney's robin hood got it he he created complex feelings for a lot of young women right uh, and men uh because he was just so foxy
1: he was foxy i did have a thing for peter pan i gotta say (laughs) great great uh and then just to be completely obvious um 1966 era paul mccartney um, great, right. and um 80s era tom hanks
0: oh yes oh my god splash wait, wait, anyway, era tom yeah. hanks is but, like but
1: can i have an honorable mention yes because <laughs> i just thought of um uh, also 80s era steve martin i always had a crush on yeah, steve martin yeah me too <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had a real bad crush on him. Like The Man with the Two Brains was like my favorite movie yeah. of all time. Okay. <laughs> um all right. Next category. Let's do uh, three uh three alternate careers. Like is mm. there something you oh, we can have you dabble in in this reality? Absolutely. that you didn't get a chance to.
1: Absolutely. I would be um a medical doctor, most likely an oncologist. Wonderful. I would be um I'm trying to think of which which level definitely an instructor. I would be a a, um, English professor. Great. Do we get to have a different reality of our own self? I mean, sure. So like if I could completely re-engineer my physical self.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be an actress. Great. Wait, why would you have to re-engineer your physical (laughs) self?
1: I don't know. Okay. All I, right. need, I need more uh, bone structure, darling. <laughs> I
0: see. I see. Uh, adamantly disagree, but moving mm. on. Um, okay. Next one. Let's do uh, three movies that you can jump mm. into whenever you want. It's you're just in that world. You're not reliving the plot. It's just like that feeling you get the characters, the place itself, whatever you want. Um, three movies mm.
1: Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm. I hate to be boring, but Hardy's Night. Not boring. Oh, God. And. Um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone.
0: Great. Okay, great. All right. Next one is um three songs. And I'm not I look, I understand you don't want to take credit for someone else's work, but in this alternate mm. reality, <laughs> those songs will not be written at all if that you did not write. Them. Oh. So easy. three songs <laughs> that I'm passing along that's like, Oh, you oh no, actually, no, Vicky wrote A Hard I, Day's Night. Or I, Vicky wrote. So three songs. You take
1: Absolutely. That. Um God Only Knows. Oh, yeah. um, Jeez, yeah. Yeah. Bridge of over troubled waters. Mm. I can't even say it. I feel like picking a Taylor Swift song. Shake it off.
0: <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Shout out to Tay. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, final category. And this sort of goes, I think now I, I, we touched on it with the alternate universe professions, but I'm, that made me excited to hear these answers. Three skills mm. that we are sort of downloading into your brain matrix style. Oh, you would please. love to just be like, oh, I woke up and I was like, I could speak all languages Absolutely. or what have you. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And that is actually one of them. Um, yeah, fluent in French and Italian. Can I pick both? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, or, or fluent in many a, language of my choice. Instantly, yes. flawless memory. Even though that could be complicated, but I think I want it yeah. anyway. Um, Great. And um, the ability to stay physically healthy in perpetuity. Great. Yes.
0: Yes. Till I yes, drop yes, dead. Yes. <laughs> Great. All the way up until that last right, moment. Exactly. Last just moment just peak of health. See ya. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, give me a number between one and eight, seven. Okay, so I'm going to use what I can only be described as the most rudimentary of maths to uh, <laughs> come up with. You're going to get one thing from each category in this uh, alternate universe, uh, wow. Vicky world. And it, while I do that, uh, we can either sit in total silence. That's fine with me. But also, this is your opportunity to uh, talk about anything you want, like to send people to things, mm, uh, either yeah. of your own or other things you're excited about. Where can people find
1: you? All Absolutely. that good stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let me just, on the day that we are... Um, recording this conversation uh, is the day that um, my band with John Cousel and Bill Mooney, um, we are called the Action Skulls, which I had yes. nothing to do with um, <laughs> the naming thereof. <laughs> but um, but we, we released our third album today. Um, yes. it's, it's streaming only. It's called uh, From a Running Horse. And it's a record that we made actually before the pandemic. Um and then during the pandemic, we released another record. So this is actually our second, second record, as we like to say. That's um, very funny. Yes. I love that. What so.
0: caused what? What made you decide to release the first one, the second one first and the second one second? Or the third one, third one, second or third one, the second, second one, the third, second one yeah. <laughs> third. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank uh, you for giving track of that you're for
1: welcome. me. Um, it, because, because during lockdown, Bill Mummy came up with these 12 songs, sent them to John and me. Actually, it was sort of unintentional but we just started recording vocals all over them just like just just hemorrhaging vocals all over these songs ah, and then something so back to cool. kind of as a joke and he said let's put this out like now so without yes. any further ado we released that to the interwebs and then um meanwhile we had this other record that we had been kind of sitting on because we weren't sure it was really finished and we ended up adding another song to it and that sort of thing so we were still kind of messing with it and it wasn't until uh, this year that we said okay let's just get this out there too so yeah got it so that's happening well that makes sense that's exciting we have other things going on um, John Kauselund and I are uh, also working on another project that is uh, we've recorded a record that is being mixed at present moment and hopefully will be out sometime probably next year um, and that is something it's very near and dear to our hearts because we are recording covers of songs that were written by two of his brothers, Barry and oh. Bill Cowsill, both who have left the planet. And um, so, of course, we always refer to it as the Dead Brothers Project. But naturally, yes. But believe it or not, there are other de- dead brother projects out there in the world. So we, we have renamed uh-huh. it. And uh, so, so we have a new name for the record and It's called After the Fire, um, long after the fire, sorry. And um so that's that's up and coming. It's in the meantime, so he and I have been working on a set of music and we're going to be doing some duo sets around New York that's City wonderful. and uh, out in Los Angeles in January. So there's a lot going on. And then I'm also working on a project with the aforementioned best friend, Amanda, from high school. And she and I are telling some tales from our, our long, long, long-lived uh, friendship. And um, so we're working on a project that may... Uh, evolve into a book so ah, that's something that we're working wonderful. on right now yeah oh my so, gosh yeah. it all just
0: sounds so joyful to me and it I is like, such a wonderful that's wonderful that's what we need That's yes. what we need um uh okay folks that's a that's a, a a very very awesome laundry list of amazing things that everybody needs to keep track of and um, pursue and enjoy and celebrate a uh, vicky's i would like to celebrate your bash uh alternate universe <laughs> okay. world should it's I feeling real solid to me. It's <laughs> okay. feeling real solid. There's some good stuff going on here. Um I, I don't want to say it's like, I mean, it's look, I'm just gonna say it. It's a very erudite. Like there's just mm. a lot of like like there's just a lot of intellect happening, there's a lot of art happening. Um, that doesn't mean that it can't also be playful, but uh in a moment I think you'll see kind of where where I'm going with this. Um, for example, not only are you a revered english professor yes of course but you are also fluent in just whatever language you want certainly including french and italian i'm gonna assume you're also probably Maybe. fluent in swedish because you have yeah, a beautiful yeah. Yeah, apartment yeah, sure. somewhere in <laughs> like that swedish also no. you don't that's you picked a country where everyone <laughs> speaks english better than we do anyway but yes
1: they do <laughs> that
0: notwithstanding that seems to be so dazzling and surprising when you're perfectly fluent and Swedish when you're hanging out in your beautiful apartment somewhere in Sweden. So you have that going for you as well. Um as if that weren't enough, I am so pleased that you have this opportunity to collaborate uh on something with the great George Harrison. Lovely. I cannot wait to hear mm-hmm. what that is going to be. It will only be marvelous. Um in the same uh, vein as uh, as we enjoy all things uh, UK, you can go into the Harry Potter verse <laughs> whenever you want. Have a little magic, have a little spells and sorcery. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, eat jelly beans that taste like any and Anything. all things. So that's happening as well. Um, but you. I don't want you to fill up too much on like the, you know, sort of mystical candies and treats because you also have access to your sister-in-law's fantastic carrot cake whenever your heart desires. Thank you. That is going to be there at the snap of a finger. Shout out to Laura. Mm -hmm. You, uh, you've, you, you are, you have written, uh, God only knows.
1: Thank God. And it makes (laughs) sense
0: to me because if you're writing it about, 1966 era Paul McCartney, your partner. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Naturally, oh, you're gonna God. feel inspired. Of course. What a muse! Of course. What a muse! Win. You're working with George. <laughs> you got you. You're with Paul. Mm-hmm. um There's just some phenomenal stuff happening here. I mean, that's. Do you know what I mean? Like that's all like, like high quality, oh, high yeah. level stuff going
1: on. Especially the chocolate frogs. It- in harry potterville especially
0: yeah. <laughs> in in particular the chocolate frogs uh Vicki, oh this has been God. such a pleasure. Thank you so much really for gracing me with your marvelous presence on my podcast. It's such I, an honor.
1: So glad we finally got to do this.
0: <laughs> I know. I am too. I am too. And uh, and we'll do some links to things if you you know I, I'll grab some from Julian in the in the um, in the episode description so everybody can can uh, go straight to the source for music and more. Yeah, I
1: love and, it. Uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks again. You. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate it. <laughs>
0: everybody else, talk to you next week. This show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi.
1: Hey, we could save kittens from trees? Maximum Fun.
0: A worker-owned network
1: of artist-owned shows supported directly
0: by you.